who is my neighbor? That question put the brush in Jesus' hand for him to paint the parable of the Good Samaritan. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves who stripped him, wounded him, and left him half dead. Ouch! That road was nicknamed the Red Way. It was full of blood. It was the roll of the windows, lock the doors, duck down in the driver's seat, and drive as fast as your six cylinders will take you. Kind of neighborhood. To travel in a convoy on the Red Way was dangerous, but to travel alone was deadly. Here Jesus painted the first person on the canvas. Jesus called him a certain man. He braved the Red Way alone and nearly paid for it with his life. That's when we meet our second character, a priest. He was traveling alone. What was he thinking? I think I know what you're thinking. Why was the priest traveling alone? I was thinking the same thing. Because thieves in Jesus' day had high respect for the ministry, so they let them through, thoughtful thieves. The priest saw the dying man, but he passed by him on the other side of the road. We don't know if he was headed to the house of God in Jerusalem or his house in Jericho, but since he passed by on the other side, he was probably headed to the house of God in Jerusalem. And that only meant one thing for him. That meant this week for him was going to be the greatest week of his life. There were so many priests, they had to work in a rotation. Some of them were given one week of ministry in the temple. This might have been his week. It could have been his first and last week to ever serve in the temple. Jewish law was crystal clear that anybody who touched a dead body would be unclean for seven days. That would have wrecked his week. It was the one week he lived his whole life for. The one week he would have the privilege to serve God in the house of God. But what is he supposed to do? He's also called to serve his fellow man. And yet, on the way to serve God, he had to decide, would he serve God or would he serve others? What did he do? I know the suspense is so thick you could cut it with a spork. Well, we're going to get to that right after this. Good day to you, Simplify listeners. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving if you live here in these United States. You are listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to Won't You Be My Neighbor on Simplify. What to do, what to do? He saw the man lying there in the ditch. He didn't know if he was dead or alive. He saw him on the other side, but he just couldn't take the chance that it might ruin his one opportunity to serve God. So rather than take a risk to help hurting humanity, he hurried by on the other side so he could run off to do the work of God. If only he would have realized helping hurting humanity is the work of God. Now, put yourself in the ditch. As you lie there bleeding, wounded, in and out of consciousness, suddenly you hear footsteps. Through blurred vision, you see a well-dressed middle-aged man walking toward you on the road. You're not sure who he is, but you are sure he's not the thief coming back to finish you off. But then, as he gets closer, you see this isn't just any man. This man is a man of God. Hope swells in your heart that help from heaven is headed your way. And then... There's the searing sting of disappointment as you watch the priest walk away on the other side of the road and you wonder, I thought ministry was helping hurting humanity. I don't know anything about your church where you 
go to worship God together. I hope your church has thriving programs and events and ministries, but Jesus died for people, not programs. We ought to pray, God, please give us a love for people. Help us to want to help people. Help us not to be so busy with our programs and our events and our ministries that we hurry past hurting humanity. If you're in the corral, in the class, in the band, in the booth, if you're on a camera, if you're involved in ministry in any way, Jesus is calling us to remember he died for people. Go ahead and practice for service. Run the vacuum, run the vans, decorate your classroom, turn on the boards, turn on the lights, turn on the AC, turn on the heat, but don't run so fast to the instruments or the mics or the media to do the work of God that you run past hurting humanity who need God and need us to help. Helping hurting humanity is the work of God. This man couldn't believe his swollen, tear-filled eyes. The hope that rose in his heart began to sink as he watched the priest walk away. But the priest wasn't the only one coming down that road. There were still two more characters on the canvas Jesus painted for us. The next man to come his way was called a Levite. Levites made their living by taking care of the temple. He he did a little bit better than the priest. He walked over to get a closer look at the dying man, maybe out of curiosity, maybe out of compassion, but at least he came to check on the guy. But either fear or a feeling of helplessness hurried him to the other side of the road. Both good guys were so shocked at this man's misery, they wouldn't even walk by on the same side of the road. They walked to the other side as far away from him and his hurt as they could get. If I had to choose, I'd rather be like the Levite than the priest. But Jesus had one more paintbrush in his hand. The last character, he's much different than the first two. He's not as well-dressed and certainly not as well-liked. He was a Samaritan. To say that the Jews hated the Samaritans is like saying the sun is warm. Slight understatement. The Samaritans were half Jew, half Gentile. In the Civil War, they would have worn blue and gray and been shot from both sides. Nobody loved the Samaritans except other Samaritans and, thankfully, Jesus. You could hear the jeers when Jesus said the word Samaritan. It was almost a curse word. His audience could see him riding by on his black horse, wearing his black hat as he petted his black cat. They just knew they had met the villain of the story. What was the Samaritan going to do to the dying man? Would he finish him off? Would he steal what little he had left? How dare the Samaritan hurt a hurting man? They were standing there with their mouths open when Jesus continued. But the Samaritan came where the man was. Oh yeah, probably going to rob the guy. He came, he saw him, and he had compassion. Well, that's preposterous. Samaritans can't be good guys. They're villains. He dismounted from his donkey, got down in the dirt, and bandaged him to stop the bleeding. He poured in his own oil to ease the pain of someone else's wounds. He poured in his own wine to heal someone else's bruises. Then the Samaritan cradled him in his arms, lifted him up on his own donkey, and brought him down the road to an inn. He paid out of his own pocket for room and board and left his credit card at the front desk just to take care of a stranger. I'm sure the Samaritan was busy too. I'm sure he was headed somewhere. Nobody travels the red way just because they want to get out and get some fresh air. But the Samaritan canceled his meeting, lost a day's pay, stained his own saddle with a stranger's blood simply because he had compassion on hurting humanity. God, give us a love for people. Help us to want to help people. We think what they thought. 
Well, surely our neighbor is the one we go to church with, the people who like us because they're just like us. But Jesus is calling us to crucify our racism and our prejudice and care about people who look different, people who are different from us. Who was our neighbor? Well, that's the question that put the brush in Jesus' hand. Our neighbor is anybody helpless who needs our help. Sometimes we help hurting humanity grieve after a loss. They may have enough casseroles, but why don't you bake them a plate of cookies and give them your phone number just in case they need somebody to talk to. You don't have to know all the answers, the whys for the whats, just loving people is what Jesus called us to do. Sometimes it's helping rake someone's leaves or shovel their snow after they've had surgery. However we can help hurting humanity, Jesus called us. They might sit behind you in church. They might stand behind you in line at Kroger. When we see them, let's not just say, ah, poor thing, what a shame, and walk by on the other side. Rather, let's go where they are, open up some compassion, and ask them sincerely, how are you? And wait around long enough to hear their answer. Ask if there's anything you can do to help, if there's anything you can pray for. When I read this story, it stretches me because there is a blurred line between compassion and common sense. We must be safe and we must be good stewards, but at the same time, we must be compassionate. May the compassion we feel in our heart move our hand to help our neighbor. God, give us a love for people and help us to want to help people. Would you pray this with me right now? Let's ask the Lord to use us today. If you see somebody who's hurting and you can help them in a way that you and they can be safe and you can bless them as God has blessed you, ask God to help you to do that. Lord, I thank you for all the blessings you've given us, especially right after this time of Thanksgiving, going into this time of Christmas. I thank you for all the blessings and all the gifts you have given us. You have been so good to us, abundantly good. I pray for those who hurt around us. Help us to see them. Help us to hear them. Help us to help them. Help us to want to help others. I pray, Jesus, you would give us a love for our neighbors, not only the people who are like us, but the people who are not. Help us to learn from the story that you are calling us to help others. I'm asking you to give us compassion. I'm asking you to give us the love for others that you have for them and use us to minister to them. I pray these things, and I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, Simplify listeners. If you're new to Simplify or you've been here for a while but have not yet clicked that little red button that says subscribe, please do that. It tells you every time a new episode drops. That way you won't miss anything here on Simplify. I've also got a couple resources for you, for you or for others you're trying to find a gift for. Maybe you know a bookworm or somebody who just loves to listen to books on Audible. I've got some great news. Your shopping days are over. You can pick up a copy of Simplify, which is the devotional that launched this podcast. It's a 52-week devotional that helps people walk closer with Jesus as they walk through the calendar year. Or you can get a copy of 10 Words, a practical look at the Ten Commandments. It takes a look at each of the commandments. How do they live them out back in their day? How do we live them out in our day? And there's a bonus chapter that deals with what happens if you have to break one commandment to keep another. Hmm, very interesting. You can get both of those books at PentecostalPublishing.com or Amazon. 
If you live anywhere near Knox County, Ohio, you could also pick those books up at Paragraphs Bookstore. Charming, charming bookstore at the corner of Ohio and South Main. And 10 Words is now available on Audible. And all those links are right there in the show notes if you want to get them for you or for somebody else as a gift. Some of you have wondered about advertising. And if you can advertise on Simplify, I want to do my best to keep the show as ad-free as possible. But if you have an advertising idea, primarily ministry-related and ministry-minded, where I can help you and you can help Simplify, then by all means, send me an email, lharry at vernonchurch.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Hey, next week, I want to share with you a devotion called Not About Me. Kind of continues along the same line of this, Won't You Be My Neighbor? I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.